You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're tuned into DC's DFS Challenge with Dan Mader and Chris Pinto. Live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back, everybody, to the DC's DFS Challenge Week 9. I'm here, Dan Mader, with my boy Chris Pinto. As always, we're giving you the best in DFS. And, of course, we're going to give you our sport bets of the week with Chaz Velarde always joining the show in the second half to give you guys the best picks you possibly can to win some money. Christopher, how are you doing today, sir? First of all, I'm doing phenomenal because my Aggies are beating the Gamecocks 34 nothing. There you go. So, can't complain about that. Also, I did nothing but record podcast stuff today. Dan talked about fantasy football all day from 1130 until an hour ago. So I'm I'm phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, Chris has been at it all day long. He's been getting the bios, the backgrounds, and talking to a lot of our guys here at the fantasy sports department at Belly Up Fantasy Sports. A lot of great follows, a lot of great content. Make sure you go check out the website, bellyupfantasysports.com, where you can find Chris's rankings on there. You can find my rankings on there. You can find Ryan Hicks's rankings on our lead writer, of course, with a long list of shows and content all for you, all made for you guys to have the edge and for you guys to be the winners in your leagues. And the one that we love about DFS, it gives us a little bit of a change up from the season long, from the dynasty grind, and we can win instant money. That's what we want here. We want instant money. We've had a couple of good weeks. Last week was a very odd week. I mean, it was low scoring across the board. I think it was the lowest scoring week in the NFL period, and that also reflected in the fantasy points last week as well. I mean, our, our winner who wound up only, I think he only wound up scoring 134 points. It wasn't much. And that will usually make you come back in last place. That's how bad it was a week ago where everyone's lines were just screwed up. Nobody did what they were really supposed to, unless you had Dalvin cook. That was the only, that was the only winner you could have possibly had last week that you were actually expecting to do well. So Chris, we expect to rebound this week. We expect teams to get back to doing what they're doing. I think the Thursday night game was a good barometer for things snapping back and playing out the way they're actually supposed to play out, like with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams all going off. So I think it's a good omen for us heading into this week. Why don't you kick the boys off with your DraftKings lineup? Let's go through it, what the prices are, where the value's at, and why you have a winner this week. Man, first of all, obviously Devontae Adams, I think both of us had him at wide receiver one this week phenomenal oh, yeah. uh, but going into my lineup gosh i can't get away from justin herbert uh the the quarterback 12 of the year he's my quarterback seven on the week but going up against this washington or i'm sorry the las vegas defense who is allowing 20.8 points in the 25th uh worst against quarterbacks i, I gotta start justin herbert um as my quarterback and then you're going to call me a homer for this, but the matchup is just great. David Johnson, uh, running back 18 uh, on the year. He's my running back 15 for the week. 93.3 points. He's getting close to 15 touches per game, and that's legit touches, not just targets, but 15 touches per game. So he's getting a little bit of volume against this bad Jacksonville defense. He was 27th against the running back position, allowing almost 30 points against him. I like David Johnson, obviously. I'm a homer, but on the opposite side of that, I'm going to pair that with James Robinson, my running back four okay, of nice. the week. Yeah, uh, running back four of the week, and that might be a little bit higher. I might switch that up to running back three by tomorrow morning because Houston is without 
everyone on defense pretty much, right? The contact for COVID. Yeah. So they've got no Whitney Merciless. They've got no um, secondary The only person they do have got, is still JJ. Yeah, JJ's there, but but That's the it. defense is very, very spotty. And already they're 30th against the running back with those guys in there. Right. Now you got practice squad guys out there. James Robinson should have a great week. Well, not just um, to mention, you got the rookie quarterback and Jake Luton coming in. You have to think that they're going to lean on James Robinson in this game, with, not just in the running game, but on checkdowns as well. That's why I do like to pick there quite a bit. And I, I do want to go back to your David Johnson pick because that is a value pick. He's really cheap. It's a great matchup. He had a very good game against Jacksonville the first time around. So I'm not going to call you a homer for that one. For that one, you're actually being objectively good in your fantasy analysis. I appreciate that because you know I'm a homer anyway. So <laughs> going on to my receivers though, man, Dan, I kind of got I had with the David Johnson pick, and then you'll see who my flex is later. You'll understand I got DeAndre Hopkins. I spent up for the number one the, the number one guy uh, in in DraftKings this week. He's my wide receiver too, and then I paired that up with Adam Thielen. I think this is going to be a crazy game. Uh, the Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, the over-under is 52 points. The Vikings have allowed 38 points to wide receivers, and Adam Thielen is just eating. You could also say the same thing for Justin Jefferson. So either one of those guys, I'm not complaining, but I got Adam Thielen in my lineup. And then, like I mentioned with uh, Justin Herbert, I'm pairing him up with Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, a little bit of question mark this week. So yeah. $5,100 for Mike Williams. He's the dude, right? Catching these long bombs. Um, Las Vegas, 12th versus the uh, wide receivers. So they're pretty good, but they've been seemingly uh, been able to get beat deep. So we'll see what Mike Williams can do being the number one guy. We'll see what can happen. Uh, if, he wants to be the number one, if he wants to be the number one guy, because there's it's, it, Keenan Allen's still a questionable mark, but with the illness, a lot of teams have been pretty conservative with him. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, there's still a great shot that Keenan Allen plays. And if that happens, Mike Williams, I, I don't downgrade him at all, you know? Really? Oh, well, let's dive into that a little bit because I, I personally, I would. I don't have Fair Mike enough. Williams ranked very high if Keenan Allen plays just because we've only had one game of any kind of data that supports Mike Williams actually being able to get targeted on a significant level with a healthy Keenan Allen for all four quarters. It's only been one game. Other than that one game last week, he's only received a max of four targets when Keenan Allen has played all four quarters with Justin Herbert taking over. So I am a little bit more cautious on the idea that all of a sudden they turned a corner last week where now both of these guys can eat moving forward. But some people are of the similar mindset of you where they think that it has turned a corner just off of that game. Yeah, I mean, just you were right about the four targets. It's 3.2 targets per game for Mike Williams, actual touches. But Herbert went nuclear, what, two weeks ago, and he didn't target Williams at all. I got to think that something turns a corner, and maybe it's just me being, um, was it a bounce back guy or just something like that, you know, something like that, where yeah. you got to trust the process at some point. And we saw Mike Williams and Herbert connect in the offseason, what little offseason there was or at uh, Hard Knocks, whatever they had. So, you know, I'm a fan. So uh, <laughs> I go with Mike Williams on this one. Johnny Smith, though, for my tight end, 3900 bucks. You and I have seen Johnny Smith all over fantasy Twitter since February, and analysts have touted Johnny left and right. 
he hasn't produced that much as a tight end eight, 79 points. But against Chicago, who is 22nd against the tight ends, allowing 14.4 points for 3,900 bucks, I'm going to give him a shot. And then for my flex, like I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, maybe on the show I did on uh, my fantasy show, Tony Pollard for $4,000, almost a free square. If Zeke doesn't play, I get it. Pittsburgh is terrible. They're the best against the run. But the volume should be there. And Tony Pollard's been getting, what, almost two to one with Zeke in the lineup. Now Zeke could possibly not be in the lineup. It's more of a value play for me at 4000 bucks just to stick him in there. He's going to get good volume, no doubt about that. And the one thing about Pollard is that it's not going to be efficient tomorrow. But he has the capability of breaking that one play and that's really kind of what you're looking for at that 4,000 mark with there being a high volume he should be involved in the passing game the one thing about the Steelers though is that they are going to get their new acquisition Avery Williamson in the inside linebacker position to help replace Devin Bush now Williamson's not great at covering the backfield in the passing game but he is stout against the run so them running on first and second down it's going to be a very difficult thing to do but that's where you're hoping Pollard gets involved in the passing game gets involved in some screens they're going to try to have some easy looks for Garrett Gilbert I would have to imagine uh, so I do kind of like that pick there, $4,000. Are you going with a low floor possibly? Yes, but you're also going with the high ceiling with a value play. And it's a really the perfect tournament type of play to go with. And I don't, I don't think Zeke's going to play. I, it's still kind of 50, 50. It's still going to be game time decision, but with them having a bye week next week, it just wouldn't make any sense in my mind why you play him with a hamstring issue. No, I, I mean, you know me, Dan, I had Zeke way up there. My preseason ranking, my number two guy and every chance I got, I got Zeke. And I am eating it right now because obviously you can't take a victory lap for injuries or anything like that, but it's just not looking good for Zeke. <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's not looking good for the Dallas Cowboys in general. Did you say who your defense was? Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but I mean it's it's the <laughs> it's the New York football giants against the Washington football team. You know, I I, I spent up on my wide receivers and and my and some of my running backs so 2200 bucks was all i was left with and i just thought you know the washington football team kyle allen not so good blah 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 this could be the trap game 43 points over under so hopefully blake martinez pulls it out for me the dude has been lights out got like what 50 solo tackles on the year so let's go blake win this for me (laughs) i like going to contrarian play at the defense position so i'll go through mine uh, I do have some similarities to you, and I'm even going to add a caveat. If Keenan Allen doesn't play, I will pivot to Mike Williams as one of my wide receivers. Love but it. only if Keenan Allen does not play. I started off, I went with the high-end stack. I went with Mike, uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Matt Ryan at $6,400, pretty decent value. Julio at $7,200. We don't expect, I know Calvin really has been more of a possible game-time decision than we probably expected it going into it, but I do not expect Calvin Ridley to be able to play in this game. In order to move the ball against the Denver Broncos defense right now, you have to throw the ball. So I expect Matt Ryan to have 40-plus attempts in this game. I expect Julio Jones to have double-digit targets in this game, which is why I felt really good about going with that stack. And then I would light it up with James Conner against Dallas at $6,900, my first running back. I have him ranked as RB7 on the week. I think he's going to be a top 10 running back. Came back with Chase Edmonds, who I've been super excited about. Coming out of the bye, finally get the opportunity. Kenyon Drake, not in the lineup. 
Love him at $6,800 against the Miami Dolphins. He has looked lights out whenever he's gotten the opportunity so far this season. I'm really excited to see Chase Edmonds. He's in my top five at the running back position as well. So to have two guys inside the top 10 at a decent price was big for me. His next guy, I go with it. I feel like I go with him every week, but Deontay Johnson at $5,000 against Dallas. I know last week he goosed people, but this guy, other than last week, when he's healthy and played four quarters, he's gotten double-digit targets. You give me double-digit targets against the Dallas Cowboys, I give you a big game. My next guy went with one of my sleepers of the week. I went with John Brown at $4,600. Love me some John Brown against that Seattle team. They are going to be great. This is going to be a definite shootout. The weather's actually going to be okay up in Buffalo. It's nice in the Northeast this weekend, so you don't have to worry about any kind of crazy weather, crazy winds, anything like that. They're going to, both these teams are going to let it fly. John Brown, actually somebody who's a sell-high candidate when I was coming off of my show, the MD's Fantasy Football Show, because I think he's going to have a big game this week. You're going to be able to capitalize on that. I love him at $4,600. Went with my top four tight end at Noah Fant against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm doubling down on this Falcons-Denver Bronco game because they're both horrible at the fourth quarter. And I love me some Noah Fant. While his, his stat line hasn't been super great, his targets have been there. He's been averaging between seven and 10 targets almost every single week against the Atlanta Falcons who are terrible against the tight end. I expect Noah Fant to have a good game. And I paired him up with his buddy who's coming back off the hamstring injury, went with Tim Patrick at $4,900. He's been playing the Cortland Sutton role ever since he went down. When he's on the field, he is the number one wide receiver. And because he's got that big body type, he's a good bet to get into the end zone. Love me some Tim Patrick at $4,900. And then I went with the opposite defense that you did. I went with Washington's defense against Daniel Jones, Mr. Fumble, Mr. Turnover himself. That front seven of Washington has been excellent against pretty much everybody. I expect no less than four turnovers in this game, frankly, out of Daniel Jones. Give me Washington at $3,400. Chris, why don't you go ahead and flip it over and then turn it into our FanDuel lineups for us? Yeah, so FanDuel, I... uh... Last time I was on here, I took a break last week, but last time you uh, you switched your FanDuel lineup pretty uh, pretty mentally. So I did the same thing. I kept a couple of the same pieces. I kept Pollard, uh, I kept Nuke, and I kept um, the oh no, that's it. Pollard and Nuke. Nope, and I switched everything else up. <laughs> switched everything else up because FanDuel, obviously, like you mentioned, you know, you get a little bit more budget and the the pricing is a little bit different. So. I went real homer on my quarterback position because I think Watson is just going to go nuclear tomorrow. You should have a good game. Definitely yeah. should have a good game. You should have a good game, right? We're, we're, we're hoping so. So let's go Watson. Let's go Deshaun. Let's just beat Jack, the beat, beat the Jags just terribly. But then I went with my number one guy, and I think he's your number one guy too on the on the week, Dalvin Cook. Uh, spent up for him, and we just saw what he could do last week, and it's just scary to think – Oh, if he's not in my lineup, what could happen to <laughs> what me, could happen? Right? Yeah, no, understandably. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I went Tony Pollard, kept Nuke um, for my, oh, Mike Williams. I kept him as well. But for my other wide receiver, I went with Marvin Jones Jr. Matt Stafford should play tomorrow. He's been activated. It was just, um, I guess, a, a false positive, or I guess it was just a contact. It was, a, it was a family high-risk contact situation. He tested negative the entire week, so that's why he's eligible and good to go. There we go. So Marvin Jones Jr., no Kenny Galladay, fire him up. Um, and then I think Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs without with the question mark on him. Waller is obviously the the guy. You know, everyone knows that Gruden runs the offense through the tight end. Darren Waller has been a guy that I've talked about forever. So I like him. 
And then with the extra money I had, I, I wanted to get a little bit crazy in my flex. I went Juju in my flex. Um, he hasn't been super spectacular, but he should have a good week this week. Um, Big Ben and him should connect, and I like it. And I went with Seattle's defense because right after I talked to our guy, Kevin Wilson, I did my fan duel lineup, and we both know how much of a Seattle Seahawks homer Kevin Wilson is. And I was like, you know what? I got the money for it. Let's go, Seattle. So <laughs> shout out to Kevin Wilson on that one. Very nicely done. I did keep some of the same players as well. I kept Chase Edmonds in my lineup. I kept Noah Fant in my lineup, and I switched up everybody else after that. <laughs> Decided to go on the other side of the Seattle game. Went with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, my number one wide receiver on the week. He's been getting double-digit targets every single week. Again, shootout situation. Josh Allen hasn't been great, but Seattle secondary cures a lot of ills. And I think they're going to both have a big game in this one. So I'm very excited about that stack. I decided I was going to pay up for the number one running back on FanDuel, and that wasn't Dalvin Cook. It was Christian McCaffrey. I wanted to go contrarian and pay up for him against Kansas City. I think they're going to have to lean on him a lot coming into this game because Kansas City is a bad matchup for them on the perimeter. I think the checkdowns of Christian McCaffrey are going to be the main way they move the offense. But I do think Robbie Anderson gets a big play, and that's why I went with Robbie Anderson as one of my wide receivers in my lineup as well as $6,600. I expect the Carolina Panthers to have to come back by a ton in the second half. I think there's going to be a lot of throws, a lot of volume, both going to these guys. Anderson's been the number one wide receiver and will continue to do so this week against Kansas City. I did keep John Brown, so I went with the trifecta there at Buffalo. And then I went with Brandon Cooks, who had the huge game against Jacksonville the first time around. I think he has a better matchup than Will Fuller does necessarily because of the way he's been running routes, the way he's been getting targeted, where he's been getting targeted, and the fact that he's finally been getting utilized with Bill O'Brien now out of the way. I think there's poor there with Deshaun Watson. And let's not forget, there's an extra little factor here. Will Fuller was on his way to being traded and get to Green Bay on Tuesday. Houston may not have made a concerted a concerted game plan that was definitely going to include Will Fuller to start off the week because they probably were thinking they were going to go ahead and pull the trigger on that trade. It was on Green Bay's side that it fell apart, not on Houston's side. So they were not expecting to have Fuller back for this week, quite frankly. So I think Cooks might be just a little bit more involved, a little bit more in sync with the game plan as a result of that. And you know what, Chris? I went with your team. I took Houston's defense going up against Jake Luton as the six-round quarterback. I'm going to take my chances, go with a cheap contrarian defense, and see what they can do. Because I watched Ben DiNucci, and I don't know if this is going to be much different than Ben DiNucci. So it doesn't really matter if you have nobody left on the field. As long as there's 11 bodies on the other side, I expect something, some turnovers, some way, some sacks for this team against that terrible Jacksonville offense that only includes a good thing out of James Robinson, and that's like it for me so that went that's how i went with my FanDuel lineup this week i feel pretty i actually feel better about my FanDuel lineup this week than i think that i do my DraftKings lineup just because of the way i was able to mix and match everything coming out chris let's get the break we'll take a break when chaz filardi comes in the show hit us up with your two sleepers for DraftKings first for sure for sure so my two sleepers for DraftKings will be dj dallas versus the buffalo defense I like it. And Justin Jackson versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, both these guys at running back position have excelled. DJ Jalis should have a big workload, and so should Justin Jefferson, um, as what we've seen. So I like both these guys at um, a real low price point to just kind of fill out the rest of your roster, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I like both of those a lot. I was looking at Justin Jackson. Didn't go with him, thankfully, because you did. Uh, but I did go with Marvin Jones at $5,100. Again, Stafford going to play against Minnesota. Am I worried about the fact that Marvin Jones has yet to be able to capitalize from a overall execution point without Kenny Galladay? Yeah, I am. I'm worried about that low floor. But what I can say is that I don't see, other than him and Hawkinson, I don't see where these touchdowns are going to come from. This should be a big scoring game. So even if he does get me 40 yards, he might get me three touchdowns. I'm going to take the chance on Marvin Jones getting involved in the red zone. He's had two weeks back-to-back now where he's been a little bit better than what he was in the beginning of the year. Stafford's starting to wing it a little bit more. They're letting him throw it a little bit more. They're not being as conservative now. They're letting DeAndre Swift play a little bit more. They're going for a little bit more of an explosive factor now. I'm going to lean into that against Minnesota. And then the other guy went with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, to me, is a very key contrarian play, $4,900. A lot of people are going to look at the Colts matchup, and they're going to stay away from this. No, do not do that. He's going to get at least 15 touches, if not more, in this game. And he matches up better against this Colts defense than Gus Edwards does. You can't run up the middle against the Colts, which is what Edwards is going to do. But you can attack them in the gaps. You can attack them on the edge. And you can attack them in the passing game with the running backs. This passing game for the Ravens has to get going. The best way to do that would be some short, easy throws The J.K. Dobbins. I got him at $4,900. I feel pretty good about that. Chris, what's your Fandle sleepers for us this week? So FanDuel sleepers, man, uh, I got two that are pretty cool. One, we talked about him, I think, last week. Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears wide receiver, right? He's been seemingly getting a bigger workload every week, every week, and they seem to trust him a little bit, and he's been pretty good. Um, And then this is a little bit weird, but I'm going to go with a tight end on this. But you mentioned his counterpart, Noah Fant. The Atlanta Falcons are terrible, worse against the tight end. I'm going to go Albert O at 20 – or. Real cheap on FanDuel, 2800 bucks on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, extremely cheap. And the Atlanta Falcons are giving up almost 19 points to tight end. So, Albert O, let's go, man. Well, and I'll speak to that point as well. The Broncos have been playing more two tight end sets. They've been on the field together quite a bit this year. So I do like that pick as a super contrarian, super cheap play to try to fill out the rest of your roster. Not a bad way to go there for sure. Uh, for me, I went with Antonio Gibson at $6,200. That very well could be a steal against the Giants this week. He's been playing more and more. And other than the Colts, which I went on a whole rant about on the MD's Fantasy Football Show on Thursday, every other team coming out of the bye has actually done a good job of getting their rookie running back involved when coming out of that bye. I expect Washington to do the same here. J.D. McKissick is just the guy. J.D. McKissick is just the thing. He should not be somebody who's as involved as he is. I expect Washington to come out of the bye with a game script that they are going to be utilizing Antonio Gibson at a high clip. So that's why I expect him out of him. That's why I love him at $6,200. Didn't quite make it into my lineup, but a nice little value play there. And then for a guy who made it into my lineup in DraftKings but didn't quite make it into my lineup in FanDuel, I did stick with Deontay Johnson at $6,000. He's the cheapest-priced wide receiver of the three wide receivers, which makes no sense. These guys are not paying attention to the fact that Deontay Johnson is the number one wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers when he is out there healthy for all four quarters. Plain and simple. Other than last week, again, he has gotten double-digit targets in every other single game. This should be an easy matchup for that Steelers offense. This should be an easy matchup for Deontay Johnson. It's $6,000. It doesn't get much cheaper than that on FanDuel. And Ben Roethlisberger could actually be 
in a top 10 situation. I have him as QB nine this week. You have all these weapons against Dallas. I think he could far out a top 10 performance quite possibly with this matchup that he has here. So I love Deontay Johnson 6,000. I loved Antonio Gibson at 6,200 there. That does it for my sleepers. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get Mr. Chaz Filardi in here. We're going to talk about some sports bets. I'm going to get you guys winning some more money in tomorrow's games. So just stay tuned with us right after this. This is DC's DFS Challenge on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back. You are listening to DC's DFS Challenge on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, presented to you also by Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here with Chris Pinto, and now joined here with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Chaz Filardi of Sports Betting Weekly. Loving the background this week, my man. Well, you know, I got myself a spinoff. I don't know if you heard. No, I haven't heard. Why don't you tell us all the news? Thursday nights on the Wide World Sports Radio Network, Sports Betting Weekly. Look at that. He is Look. joining the family, joining the show, coming on over. And, I mean, it's going to be a must listen because this guy knows how to set you on the right path to win money. That's why we always beg to have him on the show every single week. And he's always gracious enough to actually bless us with his presence. And of course, with our giveaway too. remember you join the DC's DFS contest, you join the link below in the comments. Chris will get that out to you guys later and you can join that tournament every single week. We had Mickey cats 12 who's the October winner. Uh, I don't have the winner in front of me actually from last week right now, but we have a winner every single week. They become an eligible contestant and they get to be hanging in a drawing at the end of the month. So we'll have another November winner at the end of this month. And that's all done by Mr. Chaz Flaherty. And you get $100 to championshipfootballs.com. Chaz, how are you been doing today? How's the college games going, my man? Well, today's Breeders' Cup Day. <coughs> Breeders' uh, yes, Cup it's Day. My, it's my mistake. It, it's the biggest day of the year for us horse players. And actually, our first show was Thursday night. And, and I'm going to have to ask you, I'm going to have to pick your brain because we had some technical issues to say the least, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. The thing about horse racing is that it really is the only way you can walk into a sports book with $12 and walk out with a G note. There's really no other way. Today, there were hundreds of, of horses that ran, but one horse was $150 for every $2. There were $30 horses. There was a $10,000 super effect. I mean, it was crazy. I hit the, um, I hit the first race. I cashed nine to 10 tickets. So I was loving life. The two races that are the most important guys, the first race, because now you're betting with house money and the right. last race. So you can take whoever you dated to the racetrack and put up with three hours of races to dinner. <laughs> There's nothing worse. And I've been there. Say, honey, we got to go home. I got no more money. <laughs> so you made me wait for this. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that is good stuff right there. Yes, the Breeders' Cup, a big thing. Well, you, you just had your special this past Thursday there with uh, Mr. Errol Marks of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. How did that – run us through that real quick. How did that go? Well, yeah, our show is always the same thing. It is as many opinions on as many games as one hour can handle – but Thursday was as many opinions on as many races as one hour can handle. And we have great handicappers from all over the world, actually, because Paulo calls in and he's from Canada and Greece. So that's that gets us the all over the world reputation. But these guys know their stuff. None of them are making a living handicapping. They're guys like me and you and Chris, you know. Yeah, just having hobby, having fun and making a little bit of money and not going broke over, it, which is always the most important thing whenever you are betting. So now. 
it's time for everyone. Everyone's been waiting for this entire show because, you know, the DFS stuff, it's, it's nice, but let's be real. They're, they're waiting for you, Chaz. They're waiting for you to come on. They want to hear your team totals. They want to hear how they're going to actually win some money on the fly tomorrow. What are you looking at tomorrow? And how are you, re- not necessarily rebounding, because I think you still did well last week, but coming off of a week where there was a lot of weird games last week. Well, one of, one of our handicappers, Blackhawk West, always talks about throwing games out. Don't be afraid to throw games out. So his throwouts, he always throws out Monday night and Sunday night. And look at some of the crazy stuff that happens there. Now, I'm trying to buck his trend because I think I'm using them both this week. But And then he says, throw out the NFC East. If they're playing each other, throw them out. If there's a team in a game for the NFC East, throw it out. And if you look at it, if, you want, if you're going to bet, you're, you've got three options. You're, you're betting a team that you think can win the game and they're getting points, so you go with the money line. And, and Dan, you do that a lot. Then you've got the fact that you don't know if they're going to cover the points, so they're a favorite. So you, you go minus 270 or minus 300 because you're afraid of the points. And then you got the teams that you need to cover, and that was Kansas City last week for us. They had that big, big uh Jets uh, team playing they were playing the Jets and and so this week what we did is we looked at I looked at I lost both the Sunday and the Monday night game now I didn't bet the Sunday night game on my picks but I threw some money on the wrong team on the I think when I, I went with the over I think is what I, I went with okay. and uh, it was out I was out early because remember I bet first quarters first halves my goal is if I can get to the second half and I've already catched those two I'll go watch a movie with my wife. I don't care. I got a phone. I could see the scores, you know? So we, we did lose a little bit last week, but remember we had a big, two big weeks. We had a 12 and two week and a 13 and one weekend. And there are people that will bet all season and not be able to say that. So we're right. saying that, and it gives us a little money to play with it. Especially we hit that parlay. We have that system where everything is straight. I always tell my son, I said, Jazz, if I've got it in a parlay, I've got it straight. But when you go 4-0, and you get that extra kick. So we're still up for the year. I mean, it's week nine, and we've got more money than we started with, so we're pretty happy. Yeah. That's all you're looking for at the end of the day. You just want to have more. You want to be playing with house money for as long as you possibly can and hoping that at the end of the season you get to cash out a nice little pot for yourself. So what are the games are you looking at this week? I got over the Jacksonville-Houston game. I've got Kansas City and their team total over. I got Seattle and their team total over. I got over in the Baltimore Indy game. I got Arizona. I've got Pittsburgh. I've got the New York Jets team total under. And I got the Tampa Bay team total over. Now, when I go to the parlay, I I looked at those. There's only five choices. I need four of them. So I threw out Pittsburgh for the parlay. So I'm going with my over Kansas City, Seattle, and Arizona. The reason I threw out Pittsburgh is I, I don't like to lose a parlay to an under, and I don't like to lose a parlay to a backdoor cover on a 14-and-a-half-point spread. Was Texas A&M even given 14-and-a-half today, Chris? No. Think about that. This is an and NFL you game. You see the score. You see the score. Well, it was 28 nothing when I looked. and, and I, It's 38. It's 38-3 now. Yeah, I see. And I should have screwed the horses. I should have bet Texas A&M. <laughs> Every week, I tell you, Chaz. I tell well, I've had, you, I've had him. I've had him a couple times. I've had him a couple times. And so, yeah. So that's that's the plan, and it's fun because remember, if I say the 
it over the, the air to you. I got my money on it. And my right. wife makes fun of me because she could tell my demeanor. She, she knows my record by how I act on Sunday. That 13 <laughs> in one Sunday, I was like the little kids in Peter Pan, man. Yeah. Oh, my, my wife's the same way. For me, it's for fantasy leagues. She knows if I won in most of my fantasy leagues or not because otherwise I'm just irritable. I'm bitter about everything. I don't want to do anything. Or I'm over there like, oh, yeah, babe, I'll rub your feet. You can have a great day. <laughs> She knows when I actually won and when I lost without even having to tell her. So I understand that 100%. God bless wives everywhere. (laughs) Uh, So, Chris, after you collect yourself over there, why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, two lock picks first of the week? So, first of all, yeah, wives rock, right? Wives rock all day, every day. Doing these shows and all these lines and driving them crazy on Sunday when things don't go our way. Yep. So my two locks for the week are going to be the Steelers and the Buccaneers. Those are my, those are my locks, Chaz. Steelers over the Cowboys and the Bucks at home versus the Saints. I got a bolt. Love it. Love it. Chris, what was that Bucks line again? Uh, the Bucks line's uh, 110, 50 and a half over under four and a half to the bucks and they're at home. I love me some Tom Brady and some Gronk, what they've been doing. So I love it. I love yeah, it. I do. I do like that pick. I thought about it for mine. I didn't want to go with them, but I do like it because it was, it was minus four, I believe at least yeah. earlier in this day it was a minus four. And then what you have is you have a Drew Brees who, while he was able to practice in full today, he's a little bit banged up with the shoulder issue. Yes. They might be getting Michael Thomas back, but this is his first game back in two months now. Uh, so you have a little bit of an issue there where can you get a re-aggravation of the injury or is he going to be 100% in game shape, ready to go from that standpoint as well. Alvin Kamara, who's been absolutely unreal and he's, he's heading down for a receiving record and everything like that. This is still a top team to run the football on. I don't believe they're going to be able to lean on the running backs the way the Saints have had to over the past few weeks. It is timely they're getting back Sanders. It is timely they're getting back Michael Thomas. But Tampa Bay is starting to hit their stride. They get Chris Godwin back for this game. We'll see how much Antonio Brown plays. We'll see what kind of an impact he's able to make. But the big thing is that their defense is playing well. Tom Brady has been getting really good over the past couple of weeks, getting really hot. Gronk looks like he's almost back to being Gronk again. And that's the big factor, especially when you pair up a healthy Chris Godwin coming back into this game. The slot receiver is something Saints have had a lot of trouble being able to defend this season. Even if they're able to take out Mike Evans because of Marshawn Lattimore, there's going to be plenty of options to go with. And if the Saints are smart, or not the Saints, the Buccaneers are smart. Bruce Arians is smart. They'll stick with Leonard Fournette. Enough with this Ronald Jones stuff. I'm tired of watching him drop balls. Tired of him missing blocking assignments. If they stick with Leonard Fournette, I think they'll have that balanced attack where you're not going to be able to key on anything when it comes to them. I like Tampa Bay to really win this game. I like them to win by a touchdown, so I'm loving the minus four. I do like that pick quite a bit there, Chris. The Steelers are one of my lock picks of the week, too. I tend to try to stay away from these big lines if I can at all help it, normally speaking. But when you examine that, it's Garrett Gilbert. When you examine that, it's probably going to be Tony Pollard, not even going to have Ezekiel Elliott, I would say, more likely than not at this point. You have an offensive line that's still not going to be healthy. You have a team that's pretty much quit on the head coach. I mean, everything lines up for the Steelers to be able to walk in, do what they want to do on this team, and walk out with more than a two-touchdown lead. Everything lines up that way. 
Do I worry a little bit about the backdoor cover? Only if, the only reason I'd be worried about that is if Pittsburgh came out and said, you know what, we're just going to do what we got to do to win this game because we don't have to do a lot to win it and play conservatively. If they come out aggressively, which I expect them to do because Ben Roethlisberger still has not gotten right yet to this point. He's still kind of, he's been playing, he's been grinding, but he has all these weapons. He hasn't had that big game yet. I think they're going to do something similar to what the Chiefs did to the Jets last week, which is get the passing game going, get the aggressiveness of the offense going, get that momentum going against the Dallas Cowboys, a team which you can do that. I think that's why they're going to wind up running the score at the end of the day, and they'll be up. Cowboys might score a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but they're going to be down by four touchdowns by that point anyway. So I do kind of like that lock pick. My other lock pick, Chris, I actually surprised you didn't go with this. I took the Houston Texans at minus six and a half as my other lock pick of the week. I'm not playing. I'm not trusting these crappy quarterbacks who are the six round rookies. I have no idea what they're going to do. Doug Marone is an idiot because he won't even guarantee Gardner Minshew getting the job back when he comes back with the, and that that town, that whole team is a catastrophe right now anyway. And the Houston Texans coming off the bye, I think is the big key here. They kept the Wolf Fuller. They didn't wind up trading him. Have Brandon Cooks. David Johnson should have a good game. I know they're hurting a little bit on defense, but going up against a six-round rookie quarterback, I'm not going to worry about it. I like Houston coming out of the bye. I like them winning by a touchdown on this one. So I do have them as my lock pick of the week. Chaz, anything to say about our lock picks before we get into the upset picks? No, but again, you know, that point spread seems like nothing compared to the Jets point spread. Yeah. 14 and a half, you know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, because that was what? That was 19 and a half last week, and they weren't even close to backdoor covering it at all. No. Now, and that's one of the reasons I'm coming back with the Jets team total under. I, I hit it early in, in the season. I mean, and they do stay, you know, they get down there and I'll say, I need a mistake and they throw a pick in the end zone. I mean, that's the, 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 the I say J E T S mess, mess, mess. They're a mess, man. 100, 100%. I mean, you're not going to have Sam Darnold this week. So you already have that out the window. We already know they can't run the football. anyway. The only thing going for them is that it sounds like they might have Jamison Crowder, who they haven't had the past couple of weeks anyway. But who cares? I mean, at this point, I'm convinced that they really are wanting Adam Gase to continue to be the head coach because they really do want to make sure they get Trevor Lawrence. Because it's, it's the only thing that makes any sense. There's otherwise. Did, there's did no you hear the uh, did you hear about the chanting? When no. They, the, uh, when Clemson showed up at the Notre Dame field, the fans were chanting the Jets chant. <laughs> <laughs> now, isn't it true that they can stay this year doesn't count towards eligibility? Isn't that the case? I thought that was the case. Um, well, in Lawrence's case, technically, he had a year of eligibility regardless because he's still a junior. Um, so that's but why so then was... he has two more years. I think, I think this year is off the books. I'm pretty sure I'm not, a, I'm not going to, I would not bet it. I would not bet it, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I've heard that they, they said that because of the situation, this doesn't count towards your eligibility because really, why would you leave Clemson for the jets when you don't have to hold out? You know, remember Manning and the San Diego charger thing. That's not this yeah. situation. He could literally say, if they're going to draft me, I'm playing at Clemson. I would play at Clemson again. I know there's been a lot of people talking about that. Here's the thing, though, being when you're guaranteed to be the number one pick in the NFL, it's something that's going to be very hard for these guys to give up, even if it is a situation where he's going to the Jets, because anything can happen when you return for another year. He could have an ACL injury, kind of like what happened to Tua. He winds up hurting his hip. It wound up costing him some draft uh, slots and wound up costing him some money as a result of that. So it's very while these players, he may not want to go to the Jets. I don't think Joe Burrow really wanted to go to Cincinnati, but at the end of the day, they wind up going because they had that number one pick status. They don't really want to miss out on that or risk that 
not being something available to them the following year. You hop on some insurance, you get a good a good age, you get some insurance, you buy yourself a little island offside Brazil, <laughs> two or three miles offshore. Just disappear. You know, life's good, baby. <laughs> Just disappear. Have no, you, I, that Brazilian meat is so good. Oh, I know. You've been to the Brazilian steakhouses. Oh, my goodness, God. I can't stop so eating. Good. And now now you have a uh, weeds legal in Jersey now. So, you know, yep. I, can, I, can, I have a little extra room for it. God when bless I go there. you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people all the time out here in California where sports betting is just stuck. I say, if I knew. The marijuana was going to beat sports betting. It wouldn't be sports betting weekly. I'm telling you that right now. Give it a couple months, Chaz. You'd probably be changing that uh, that that headline pretty soon. It, it'd be Meg's County Weekly. <laughs> go go trademark that pretty quickly. We can all get along now. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what's your upset pick of the week? I don't know if they're big upsets, but I'm you know. I'm going to go with the Colts over the Ravens, and I'm going to go with the Giants. Or no, I'm going to go with the Raiders over the Chargers. Okay. So okay. the Colts yeah. over the Ravens were, last I checked, were only a one-point favorite, and then the Raiders over the Chargers, one and a half. Um, Colts at home, you know, I haven't been winning on these uh, upsets, so I had to do something a little bit crazy this week. And then – the Raiders, you know, I'm always going to go with the Raiders just because I'm I'm a Raiders guy. <laughs> well, look, they're both close games, uh, both good game lines. I actually threw $100 myself on the Ravens to win outright because uh, I've, I've just – way they're constituted after losing the Steelers last week, I don't believe in Phillip Rivers. I don't believe in that Colts offense. I think they're really screwing the pooch by not having Jonathan Taylor be the featured guy and messing around with Jordan Wilkins and messing around with Naeem Hines. Uh, and like I said, with the big thing is with Rivers. That Baltimore defense, I know they had the issues with COVID, but they're all back. They're all activated. They're all going to be good to go to play. He is not very good, and they are not going to be able to check the ball down against his Ravens defense like they have against other opponents in the past couple of weeks, his bread and butter the Ravens can sit there and be like, we dare you to throw the ball over our heads. We absolutely dare. No T.Y. Hilton in this game, so you don't even have a deep threat to go to. Not that Phil Burrs can hit anybody 15 yards down the field anymore anyway, but they're going to run to a buzzsaw with this defense, and even though this Colts defense on paper is good, I talked about this in my show on Friday. They're a farce. They're a farce because they haven't actually played a good offense yet this season. They haven't played a top 10 offense yet this season. So their numbers are inflated as far as their defense productivity goes. I like that upset pick quite a bit out of you. Uh, for me, I just had one upset pick of the week because I had a hard time finding something I felt like was actually an upset or at least worth picking. And I was, but this one I did feel pretty good about. This one I do feel good about. And that is the Broncos at plus four against the Atlanta Falcons. They just took it to a team last week in the Chargers who has a history of imploding in the fourth quarter. The Falcons have that similar history, have that similar trend. I wouldn't be surprised we got to see something similar. At the very least, I expect them to be able to get in under that four points in this game, if not win the game outright. So I do like the Broncos a lot as plus four is my upset pick of the week. Chaz, what do you got for us on those? Well, you know, I'm laughing because could you have two different type quarterbacks than Phillip Rivers and the kid for the Ravens? <laughs> oh, yeah. If you watch one of them and, and then watch the other one, you might say the other one isn't playing football because they're so different. Oh, I know. I, look, Phillip Rivers was done a year ago. 
I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so, I feel like I'm one of the few people, but I'm still bitter about the idea that Jacoby Brissett didn't get one more chance. And somehow telling to me that Phil Rivers is somehow an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. He's, he's, he's not. I know this Colts team's doing really well as well as because their schedule has been very favorable at this point. Their defense has been playing pretty well at this point. They're going to start to play actual playoff teams over the next few weeks. We'll see if everyone's still high on Phil Rivers being an improvement over Jacoby Brissett. And I believe it starts with this game. Well, it's funny because, you know, you, you got that game. So you got the ex-Charger quarterback. Then you were talking about the Raiders and the Chargers. Well, the Chargers set a record, right, for the biggest blown leads in the history of the NFL. They played yeah. the NFL for a lot of years, and the Chargers stunk in a way that it's the history. It's the worst stinking history. And then they, they just got that done to them by the Broncos. Now, the Broncos – we're doing it with, I think, the fifth-string quarterback or something. We were watching well, the Drew game. Drew Locke was out there. He was out there. Somebody got hurt, right? Then they brought somebody else in. I think you're thinking the week the, before. Was that, the, was that the week before? Okay. That was All the right. week before, yeah. All right, so the week before. So so we watched the game, and it was amazing that the Chargers could do it again. So you got to think Denver's got to be high off of that. Oh, yeah. they got to be high off of that, and they're actually getting healthier. They didn't have Tim Patrick, who had been their number one weapon, heading into that game. The Falcons don't have Calvin Ridley. So I do think the Falcons are going to put up points. And that's why I have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones stack in our, in the DraftKings DFS lineup. But I don't think they're going to be able to maintain any kind of consistency. Todd Gurley's not going to be good in this game. The running game is not going to be good in this game. You can't really run on Denver very well. So I think all those things amplify into, could I see Atlanta having the lead in the fourth quarter? Yeah. And I think if Atlanta has the fourth game lead in the fourth quarter, I think it's guaranteed they're going to wind up losing that game or at least only win the game by less than three points, which is why I like the line at plus four so much for the Denver Broncos in this one. I'm not a big Drew Locke fan. It's probably one of the few times you're going to see me actually bet on Denver, but it's just the situation, the variables, and what we've seen so far this season. Not to mention they get Phil Lindsay back. Phil Lindsay should have a pretty good game in this one. They should be able to be run the ball. They should be able to get guys in rhythm, have a little bit of efficiency, which goes a long way with a Drew Locke if you actually have play action available to you and a Tim Patrick to throw the ball to in the red zone. You know, you guys, the fantasy guys, you know so much about personnel. Did Lindsay ever move out of his mother's basement? Do you know? Oh, that I don't know. I don't go that far. Yeah, I don't. I don't know their bios and what's going on in their in their houses. I have because to you, you know, he he really. Because remember, he's a Colorado kid, and, and yeah. he's not a bad. He's I mean, don't get me wrong. He he overachieves. He overachieves. No, yeah, but absolutely. but but you would think you know sooner or later get your own place, man. I got all, I would think by now, I mean, it's not, he hasn't had a big contract, but I would think by now he must've moved out. I mean, my God goodness, bless him. I, he really, I love watching him play because he's, he, he really is. He's the epitome of what it means to, to be a football player. He just is a football player. Oh yeah. 100%. My thing with Philip Lindsay, if I know because of his small stature, it makes it really difficult, but if he could ever just get competent at pass protection, he would be out there all three downs because it's not like he can't catch the ball. They don't put him out there because he's such a liability in the blocking aspect of it, but he is a dynamic playmaker. He's a, he's a, he's a spark plug. And that's why you've been seeing him kind of, he's been playing more and more and more. And I wouldn't be surprised. We're now at the point where maybe Philip Lindsay is getting at least 50%, if not more of the carries moving forward. The thing is Melvin Gordon will maintain his values. He'll always be the passing down back, but Philip Lindsay has been very, very efficient with the few touches he's had so far this season, because he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. He's, I mean, even this week was a little bit of a shock that he was able to play because he was dealing, he was going through concussion protocol. He had a toe injury and yet he's able to overcome all of that and get into a plus matchup here against the Atlanta Falcons, a game in which they really need him in order to keep the Falcons offense off the field. Yeah. I'm a big fan of big fan. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. 100%. Uh, I think we covered everything. I do have one parlay that I did this week. Um, I do like to do like the alternative game lines and stuff like that. If I, I don't always do a parlay every single week, but when I do one, I'd like to mention it on this show. Cause kind of like you, Chaz, if I'm doing a parlay, I'm using my own money. So I'll put it out there. And I actually went with some alternative lines. I took Houston at minus five and a half, Kansas city at minus five and a half and Arizona at minus two and a half on a three-way parlay that I feel pretty good about have a nice little return coming my way. If they can go ahead and pull it off. Now I am a little, I am a little butthurt from last week when the Packers screwed me against Minnesota and I was fully expecting them to beat Minnesota. Cause I actually took that game in an alternative line at only minus two and a half and paired up with Seattle. Seattle came through for me, but green Bay screwed me earlier on in the day. I'm going to, like you said, throw it away. I'm throwing that away. What happened there? I expect Arizona coming out of the bye to be very, very good. I, I expect them to win more than two and a half, but just as I'm doing a three team parlay, I'm going to have a little bit safer odds here doing this. Kansas City, I think it's just too is too overpowering for Carolina at the end of the day. And we talked about the Houston game, and I just took that a little bit less just in case it winds up being a six-point lead in case Houston decides not to play aggressively or something of that nature because, you know, sometimes they'll do that to me. I know Chris knows what I'm talking about because he watches it every Sunday. Uh, so, But I feel pretty good about that parlay, and it was one of the ones I put my money down, so I wanted to put that out there as well. What are the odds? The odds came out to plus 387 when I put all three of those together. And again, you know, that's better than a teaser. Right, exactly. And, and, and it's not, that's, that's not a bad play. I like those. I, I like doing things where if, because then I might bet them both ways too. You know, I might bet them uh, with the money, but the way I bet is a little different. I, you know, I'll have nine bets on a game. I, what was it? The, uh, there was so many online last night. There was a game that, that, uh, oh, Miami, Miami. He was, complaining because Miami didn't cover, but I picked up the game late in the game. They were down by 10. I bet him to win and I bet him to minus three and a half and they won by four. So I won two tickets. I don't know what he was complaining about. You know? Well, I've actually, we got a few minutes alone on the show. I've actually been picking up some of your moves as far as the in live game betting goes. I actually wound up walking away plus 300 after the, uh, the Thursday night game with the green Bay and the 49ers. I started off the night. I bet Green Bay at the line, which was six and a half going into the game. But then I also hit them up in the third quarter. It was it was plus it was over four and a half. And then once they scored a touchdown, there was another bet of over nine and a half. I hit all three of those, called it a night, and it was a plus day. And I kept thinking about you, Chaz, because in live game betting was not something I would normally do uh, until we started having you on the show. And it paid off big for me on Thursday night. You could watch games. You guys know your football guys. You could watch games and say, this team's better. This yeah. team's better. And, and, and you got to be careful though, because it's gambling. Well, so you don't want to get too crazy. You add anytime you put all your eggs in one basket, the basket's going to fall over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, everybody does what they want to do, but for me personally, I have a rule of thumb where I will bet half of what I just won. If I want to, if there's another bet that I feel good about, I'll bet half of what I just won. That way I'm making sure I'm still walking away with winnings at the end of the day. If it doesn't wind up going my way later on in the night, just always, you know, I did, about an article. I did an article for, for belly up on it's your money. People say, you know, I gave it back, but it was house money. No, no, no. Once it's in your pocket, once it's in your fanny pack, in your hand, I, I don't care where you keep it. You, you could literally put it in your underwear. I don't care. It's your money. Don't say you gave them back their money. They gave you the money. You turned around and gave your money back to them. So right, I applaud exactly. you. Yeah, it's just, like I said, we talk a lot, a lot of betting, but I do think it should be good that we take a moment and say, 
It's all about self-control, self-discipline. You want to walk away in the positive at the end of the day. Don't go broke over it. I know a lot of people have some issues with that. Just make sure if you have a rule of thumb that you stick to and you stay disciplined on it, you can have a lot of fun. And more times than not, you'll walk away richer because that's the house doesn't want you to walk away. And if you're able to do that, you're going to be well off when you're doing these bets with us every single week. That's going to wrap it up for the show today, guys. Really enjoyed it. I think we had a lot of great content. Chaz, as always, thank you so much for coming on. Again, before we go ahead and and leave this show, make sure you guys are signing up for the DC's DFS Challenge Tournament on DraftKings. Hit the link. You can become eligible contestants for the November drawing, which we'll have, of course, December 1st or wherever the first week is of the show in December. And you will be able to possibly win $100 to championshipfootballs.com, a great trophy case for everything. Chaz, I, every week, just, you know, talk about championshipfootballs.com and what it, what it is in case we have new listeners. Really? No, it is. It's the coolest present they'll open that day guaranteed. Now, even if it's for you, you could give yourself a present. There's not some of the best presents I've ever gotten. I had to give myself, you know, but the bottom line is they're full size souvenir footballs. So like this year, we're doing a lot of LSU. We're selling some of the Kansas city chiefs. Actually the Kansas city chiefs balls are so beautiful. I don't know if it's because it took them 50 years to get the second one, but the (laughs) the colors just bounce off of it. Uh, The kid, the, Oregon quarterback for the Chargers. He's doing real well. We've got a few of those. He won a Rose Bowl. And if you watch his Rose Bowl, you're not surprised by his success in the NFL because he's a very, very good quarterback. Yeah, I I tell people all the time, it really is. It's the coolest present they'll open that day, and it's guaranteed. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Chris, uh, let the people know where to follow you at. I believe you're going to be live again tomorrow with Start Sits and, of course, talk about Belly Up Fantasy Live on Wednesday night. For sure. Yeah. Um, Sundays I'll do start sits live on our Twitter account. Dan handles all the questions that uh, I can't get to at the time, but obviously every Wednesday I do belly up fancy live. I'm the host of it with my guys, Tom, Ryan and Billy. And we go over the whole slate of games coming up for that week. Dan handles everything else though. So make sure to follow him for sure. Uh, and then you can follow me, obviously, at, at Aggie Kappasig on Twitter. I answer DMs and all that kind of stuff. So I keep it simple. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you can follow me at BellyUpMDFFShow on Twitter and on Facebook. Constantly have a lot of great content coming out. Shows four times a week, Monday morning on your favorite streaming app, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to go. Same thing on Tuesday. We'll do the primetime recap. We'll do the waiver wire report. And then on Thursdays and Fridays from 12 to 1.30, we're back on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, every single week live on the videos. We're doing the upcoming week preview matchups, getting you all the injury updates, making sure you know what our fantasy expectations are. And you can always check out Chris and I's rankings on the bellyupfantasysports.com website. Those are up for you guys. And we're competing in the Fantasy Nation expert accuracy contest and going very well, I must say, to this point. So that's going to do it for us. Everybody take care, stay safe, stay happy, and let's win some money tomorrow. Always be cashing.